What's up, everybody? My name is Sid, and I've teamed up with the big homie Reg to bring y'all something new, something we like to call Beyond the Scoreboard. Y'all be sure to review, rate, and subscribe. Let's get to it. Making these hits, hey, making these flips. Welcome back to Beyond the Scoreboard, where every 25-point lead is safe. As always, I'm Sid. What's going on, Reg? Man, another day, man. Ready to dive into this, this uh, who that sports talk. Uh, Sean, we missed you last week. Got you back this week. How you doing, bro? I'm okay. How y'all? <laughs> making it, making it. So, as always, we're going to start with our Saints. Then we're going to get into some NFL, just league coverage in general. And then we're going to talk some Detroit Lions, since we have a a serious Detroit Lions fan here today. Uh, and per usual, but he don't get no time because it's a Saints country. So, we're going we're gonna to give him some time to talk, talk some Lions today. Um, so, still not that active. The Saints have been uh, over the past, you know, since free agency started, honestly. Um, but there has been a little news here and there being sprinkled in. Um, of course, last week when we were on here, we talked about the James Winston contract. Um, and that was right before the news broke about Teron Armstead uh, signing with Miami, which we knew uh, was a, a strong possibility just because of the amount of money they were going to be able to throw at them. Um, but since then, we got uh, Dennis Allen coming out and saying that Taysom Hill is that the quarterback experiment with Taysom Hill is over with, which is long, long overdue in my opinion. Um, I I would ask, I'm gonna ask you anyway, even though I know. How do you feel about that? I absolutely love it. Uh, you know, last year I said that I felt like uh, our quarterback was our best available tight end on the roster. And uh, I love this move because I feel like this is what he does best. He He's great with the ball in his hand and in open space, trying to make folks miss, uh, trying to run folks over. So uh, I love this decision. And like you said, it's, it's well overdue. So um, I, it's crazy because we haven't seen a whole lot at Taysom Hill at tight end. But being a Saints fan, we know what he's capable of doing. So I'm looking forward to it, to be honest with you. Honestly, they could have moved him to any position, and I would have been fine with it. They could have said running back, wide receiver, tight end. They could have said we're gonna try him by that safety and linebacker, and I would have been like, that's out. That's out perfect for him. Get let him let him try it out there. Um. So in response to that, of course, not into response, not of course, but into response uh, to that, the Saints go out and they get a veteran quarterback to show up their quarterback room. They go and sign Andy Dalton. Um, who I remember talking about last season, last offseason, somebody that we that I would have been in favor of us bringing in. But um, you go out, you get another veteran quarterback because you're losing one in the quarterback room, basically. Um, and he's more of the traditional quarterback. He's somebody who's consistent in what he's been throughout his career. Um, how did you feel about that move? I didn't love it, uh, but I understand the decision to get a veteran in. Uh, realistically, you know, anytime you have to play your backup quarterback, odds are you're not going to win a whole lot of games. But he's someone who can manage if James does step down for three weeks due to injury or whatever the situation is. So, uh, no, the Saints, they love veteran quarterbacks uh, at, at that number two position. So, uh, it wasn't just like, I, I, I didn't see it coming, but I'm also not shocked by it, if that makes sense. But um, 
I do think his better days are behind behind him, but hopefully, you know, he can still uh, provide some type of service if needed for us. Uh, yeah, he's definitely. I, I think he's definitely somebody who can be serviceable over, uh, like you say, a three game stretch if needed. Um, were there better uh player quarterbacks out there to fill that role? No, not at this point. Uh, you already, you know, missed out on the Teddy Bridgewaters and and people of that. And Trevor Simeon went to Chicago, um, so he, he probably was the best available veteran quarterback at, at this point. And last scene, he was like you say. Um, I can't recall him actually playing in Chicago. I'm not positive. I can't recall. Um, but last time seeing him in Dallas when he was filling in for for Dak Prescott. He wasn't awful. He was what you expect from a backup quarterback. You just don't want it to be for a full season. Right. Um, so I'm definitely in favor of of that signing. Uh, I would have been I would have been more disappointed if we went into the season with a rookie quarterback as the backup or within book, honestly, mm-hmm. as the backup quarterback in that situation. So that was definitely uh, a it became a need once you move Taysom Hill to your tight end room. Um, today, Malcolm Jenkins announced his retirement. I think we talked. I know me and Sean talked about it off air. I think me and you talked about it on air last week. How um, when they did the salary, I mean, when they did the restructures to free up the salary cap, his basically um, was just a pay cut, um, mm-hmm. which kind of signaled that he would be retiring. Um, and not just taking a pay cut to stick around because he loved the Saints. Now, I didn't. I never thought that that was the case. Um, but he officially retired today, and that kind of reopens the door to the Tyron Matthew conversation that's been uh, being had. Um, which, once again, like we talked about it last week, uh, Ross Jackson on Locked On Sports had pointed out to where if you think about the Tyron Matthew uh, conversation being had as a replacement to Malcolm Jenkins versus a replacement to Marcus Williams, then that makes a whole lot more sense. Um, so what do you think about the possibility to bring him in to fill the role of role of Malcolm Jenkins versus what we looked at in the beginning as, oh, filling a Marcus Williams void? Well, I mean, anytime you can get Honey Badger on your team, you got to like it, period. I don't care what your role or expectations for him is. Uh, to me, he's still one of the better safeties in football. Um, but I, I love him to, to come in and kind of step in those shoes of Malcolm Jenkins because, you know, of course, he can bring more to the table. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins guarded tight ends last year and the year before he did, you know, fairly well for us in that area. Uh, he's a leader more than anything, and he's a thumper at that safety position, meaning, you know, he can come in and fill the, uh, fill the box uh, great and run support and things of that nature. And I think Honey Badger is right there with him for his being a vocal leader, uh, someone that's going to, you know, leave it all on the field or whatnot. And it'd be good to come see him uh, play for the home team. So, I mean, I would love if we could pick him up. Yeah, and I, I, I feel slightly... Uh different from you I don't like just bringing him in to bring him in ain't something I'm willing to do but now that the position uh, of Malcolm Jenkins is open I would love for him to fill that void for sure he he can definitely do that like I said when you looked at him uh, replacing a Marcus Williams that would have to be a whole change of philosophy when it came to how we play our safety positions and I wasn't a, a fan of that but if you just telling me that you want him to get in and basically do what 
uh, Michael Jenkins has done since he's been back in New Orleans, then yeah, I'll definitely take him and love him in, in that position. Um, and I mean, honestly, that's that's really it on the Saints front so far. We were in the conversations for Valdez Scantling, uh, Valdez um, who ended up getting more money to go to Kansas City mm-hmm. after they traded away Tyreek Hill. Um, man, that we talked about it last week. Uh, that wide receiver, um, those free agent wide receivers are drying up quick, you know, and the ones who are still out there seem to the Christian Kirk contract really really change things um so we can go ahead and, and transition into just the nfl news and let's start right there with the wide receivers um first I'll, before we even talk about the two wide receivers who was traded i just want to say about what i was just talking about with the christian kirk contract changing the landscape um for jarvis landry to be talking about he looking for 20 million dollars a year um <clears throat> which it makes sense after seeing what Christian Kirk got, but ain't nobody giving that to Jarvis Landry. So he got to tone that down completely. Cause that's, I'd be shocked if he finds $20 million a year anywhere. Am I, uh, am I alone in that? That's why I love what my team doing that, you know, they spent a lot of money on DJ Chark, but it's for one year. We ain't, yeah. we ain't breaking the bank for no wide receivers, but um, yeah, man, Allen, Allen Robinson was somebody who was a good wide receiver that was on the market. But again, because of Christian Kirk, it was hard to be like, oh, man, you're 30 years old. We're not giving you $25 million based off of Christian Kirk getting 20. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's crazy. But um, yeah, Landry ain't getting 20. And um, I, I, w- I would be shocked, too, if he got 20. Okay. I think he don't get 20, but a closed mouth don't get fed. I'm not mad at him for throwing that crazy number out there. I mean, you always set the ball high and, you know, negotiate as, as it comes. But uh, if he walk around here putting a 5 and $7 million price tag on himself, that's what he's going to get. So you can't blame him for setting the ball high. But realistically, nah, I don't, I don't care who has money in their salary, uh, with their salary cap or whatever the situation is. Uh, I don't see him getting $20 million a year. Him and, him and his seven catches for 34 yards can go somewhere, man. <laughs> which which is another thing. Like, at this point of free agency, all the teams that really had money done spent it if they wanted to spend it. So mm-hmm. ain't, nobody, ain't nobody moving contracts around in order to give Jarvis Landry $20 million. Right. Um, anyway, uh, I want to say we touched on this last week, some the Devontae Adams trade. Um, did we? I, I, we didn't get to that. Okay, so... <laughs> Uh, Devontae Adams got traded from Green Bay to the Las Vegas Raiders um, for two two picks, uh, a first round and a second round during this year's draft. Um, with that, he got a new contract, five years, $141 million, uh, which made him the highest paid wide receiver uh, per year uh, in football, which didn't last long, but we'll get to that. Uh, so how did you feel about that trade? I'll let Sean go. You go ahead and take the floor, Sean. Um, it's one of those deals where it, I liked it from both sides, honestly. Um, Green Bay, you especially when you have an elite quarterback, um, you know you don't have to depend so much on weapons. It's a good wide receiver draft. They got draft picks in the trade. Um, and and again, they had a hard line in the sand, a number that they weren't going to with Devontae Adams. So they didn't just lose him for nothing. And for the Raiders, 
again, they, they get him. They make him the highest paid wide receiver. They trying to keep up with their division. They got a good quarterback who is not as good as Rodgers, but a weapon like this will make him even better, especially considering they already got Waller and Humphreys uh, and Renfro. Um, so, yeah, it, it works out for everybody. He get his money. Uh, a contract that might not be so great once he get into year four and five of it, but um, for right now, I mean, that's that's good for the Raiders and good for Green Bay. They should be able to go out and get a younger, cheaper wide receiver with a quarterback that's already elite that's going to make him good. Look what uh, Chase did in, in his first year um, with, with Burrow. So, I mean, I'm not expecting anybody to just come in and put those kind of numbers up, but you could still put up good numbers with a 21-year-old wide receiver as opposed to a 29-year-old wide receiver. True. And just like Sean, I kind of love it from both sides. I'm going to let you know now. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of players getting their money, man. I love it. In football, uh, we went a long time with players not, you know, making a top dollar per se. Um, and this is a, a league where, you know, you could be here today and going tomorrow. So I love when guys get paid. Uh, Devontae Adams has been one of the most consistent receivers in football, if not the most consistent receiver. Uh, we know the struggles in Green Bay without him. Um, and realistically, uh, the number he was asking, um, I'm going to show they talked about it over and over again, and they've done everything in their power to keep him, and they sent him to a place where he has a, a chance to win. Um, so I like it. And the Raiders, like Sean said, made him the highest paid receiver, opened him with open arms, um, and it's going to do wonders for the Raiders, I believe. Uh, last year, uh, Renfro outplayed expectations. Wall was banged up most of the year. They lost uh, Jacobs a little bit, and they still – uh, snuck in the playoffs. So now getting everybody back healthy. They improved the defense. We talked about how much they needed help in the secondary. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the Raiders. And with the Packers, and you don't, you got that contract off the books, let's go find uh, our next receiver and move on. It's football. And, um, of course, last year, the, the, the Raiders uh, talk had been surrounded Devontae Adams because, once again, he was uh, trying to figure out what was going on with Aaron Rodgers, and he had started kind of the rumors have started swirling about where he would like to go. Um, and he was basically saying that at the end of the day, it was really Devontae Adams who just wanted to go. He was like, they basically got to that number, um, even knowing how much it was going to restrict them going forward. Uh, but he basically just wanted to be out of there, which is understandable, not knowing what your quarterback going to be doing from year to year. Uh, yeah. So signing up for four or five years and ending up with one year of Aaron Rodgers and then four years of Jordan Love or whoever – the next guy is going to be, I can see how that, that's not uh, something favorable to a, a, a player like Devontae Adams. Um, I like that Green Bay, the the biggest part to it for me is I love that Green Bay went for, give me a first and a second this year. I don't want your first for next year. I'm not worried. I, I still need players right now. So them being able to pick up the number 22 pick when, uh, and top that with their their own first round pick for this year allows them to get the best wide receiver on the board or get one that's get one that is at the top of that and then follow it up with maybe Jamison Williams slips because of his injury and you're still able to to roll the dice on him because now you're in a position to have two or three hell if you wanted to three three wide receivers in the top fifty three. So <laughs> oh go ahead. So I just I just wanted to say real quick the I was watching on NFL Network uh, a couple weeks ago 
they were showing the uh, the NFC Championship game with uh, Green Bay and Seattle. And uh, Devontae Adams was the third wide receiver on that team. And the, the reason I'm bringing that up is because I feel like that was, what, five or six years ago? Um, and so you just be like, man, Devontae Adams really wasn't anything. And he mm-hmm. grew into what he was. Rodgers, now again, he's not going to be there for that much longer or at least two years. But, I mean, he can get somebody and make them into what he made Devontae Adams into. I I, I feel like I can trust him more to than any other quarterback to do that. Yeah, 100%. And that, that falls into the line of what we saw Tom Brady and Drew Brees do for a lot of years. It don't matter who you yep. throw out there. They, they can make him into something. Yep. Um, and Aaron Rodgers is that same type of guy. Um, especially Will LaFleur. Uh, they're, you know, doing what he does with that offense. Um, so let's go into the quarterback. I mean, the wide receiver who got traded after him, which was Tyreek Hill, um, who is now the highest paid wide receiver in football uh, with four years, $120 million, 72 guaranteed, um, giving him $30 million a year. Um that trade happened quickly once the news broke that they were looking to to move him. Um, it seemed to have came down to two two places, New York or Miami. New York was willing to offer just as much, if not more, than Miami from what I've seen. Uh, but Miami was the place where he really wanted to go and where he ended up and was willing to match what he exactly what he wanted contract-wise. Um, so I got two two questions for each of y'all. We're going to start with this one. What does this do to Kansas City, losing Tyreek Hill? Well, I mean, anytime he loses a player of Tyreek Hill's caliber, you know, you definitely take a hit. Um, they still have Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid and, you know, Travis Kelsey. So, you know, they're still going to move the ball. But, you know, just from a football perspective, you know, what folks got to understand about Tyreek Hill is he changes the way defenses – uh, line up. You know, at all time, you, you have a safety over top. And that alone, you know, helps the offense out tremendously because that's one less person that's in the box on certain downs or whatever you want to, however you want to call it for football. Um, but he's a tremendous talent. Um, but I, I really do think Kansas City uh, is going to have to work uh, very hard to replace, you know, what he brought to the table. I don't think this is going to be as easy as a fix as, you know, some others do. Um, I don't believe that, oh, just because Hartman's super fast as well, he can do exactly what Tyreek Hill was doing or whatever the case. You draft somebody else just with speed. I say it all the time. There's a lot of fast guys in the NFL, a lot. Very few uh, makes defensive coordinators worry the way Tyreek Hill uh, make them worry. So, uh, I think it's going to be hard for Kansas City to replace uh, what he was doing for him. Uh, I, I disagree, um, and respectfully. <laughs> um, I, I feel like it's kind of like a, a Randy Moss thing. Randy Moss used to be a, the example that I think of all the time. Um, he used to run a lot of deep routes. And it was like, why would I do anything different? Because you can't stop me from doing it. But I feel like just because I did that all the time don't mean I can't do something else. You know what I mean? And so just because Tyreek Hill was the guy that, that that you had to worry about taking the top off the defense, if they don't have him, that means they probably can play offense a different way. 
And I feel like Mahomes is as good as anybody in the league. He can adjust to not having him. I think Tyreek Hill is going to miss him way more than, than Mahomes miss Tyreek Hill. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with that, too. And, and you touched on one of the points, which is Patrick Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, and that's with Tyreek, without Tyreek, with Travis Kelsey, without Travis Kelsey. Like, I, he's top three quarterback in the league. The second is Andy Reid. Andy Reid is no slouch on. He's one of the best offensive minds in this league. He's been that way for 15, 16 years, to mm-hmm. my knowledge. It's probably been longer than that. So there's, there's, like you say, it's going to be a lot more probably that they're going to be able to do uh, now that they don't have a Tyreek Hill. Um, they went and got another speedster uh, in uh, Valdez Scantling, like we mentioned earlier. They went and got mm-hmm. another possession guy in Juju Smith who's yep. shown that he can be a number one. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I like what they've done so far. Um, replacing Tyreek Hill, you're not going to replace exactly what he was, but I think this actually opens up a lot more for them, uh, especially uh, salary cap-wise, where it gives them $20 million all of a sudden that they didn't have in salary cap mm-hmm. to go out there and do more <laughs> things that they need to do, especially on defense. Um and it seems like they're they I've seen um I've seen that just like Green Bay, they've called around about other wide receivers as well. Um, I don't think they get anybody, but it, it shows that they're they're willing to go out there and not stand pat at what they are after losing somebody like that. Right. Um it was a good business decision for them, you know, getting off of that money. You can't be paying Patrick Mahomes what you're paying him and then turn around and be paying your wide receiver that type of money and expect the rest of the team to be any good. Absolutely. And just to be clear, like I said, uh, I'm not saying Kansas City about to fall off a cliff or anything now. Like I said, they're still going to be able to move the ball. I just think that uh, what he brought to the table, I'm not sure if there's another receiver that that gets that attention right now, like with the safety over the top, every single play, this, that, and other. Fourth down, they're the only team passing the ball on fourth and one these days. Things of that, things of that nature. That that's all to me. A lot has to do with the trust they have in in uh, Mahomes, and of course how you have to defend Tyreek. But what I'm saying is, for replacing him, I mean, and going forward, are they better or are they worse? We got to remember Kansas City, like every single year, was was penciled into the Super Bowl to represent the AFC, uh, you know, an AFC Championship game or whatever. I'm, I'm saying this is the first year I feel like folks are not just saying, okay, we know it's going to be KC uh, representing the West. So I'm sorry, representing the AFC. So that's what I mean when I say he kind of changes things, like but expectations, I think, winning, things of that nature. But I definitely think that has more to do with the conference strengthening than them losing Tyreek Hill. Yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. losing Tyreek Hill hurts their chances, but their chances had started going down anyway because of how strong – their division specifically had gotten over these past few weeks. Right. And and that that's what I'm saying too. Like I, I definitely agree with you. At this moment in time, yeah, they're worst football team. Yeah, they're losing losing Tyreek Hill. But again, we still got the draft to see what they're gonna do if they land another wide receiver. We gotta see what Valdez Scantling looks like in their offense. So yeah, no, at this moment in time, yeah, they they worse without Tyreek Hill. That's yeah. yeah. Um, so the second half of that is now what does adding Tyreek Hill 
due to a Miami team who is trying to figure out exactly uh, what Tua is for them, basically. Um, and spending this offseason by adding uh, Connor Williams at guard and adding um, Tyron, Arms- uh, Tyron Armstead at left tackle, and now you're adding yet another uh, big-time player in Tyreek Hill to that receiver group who already has Devontae Parker. We saw Jalen Waddle come on last year. The franchise tag, Gasecki. Um, man, they added what? Um, not James Conner. Who's the other? Chase Edmonds. They added Chase Edmonds and Raheem Morris. That, uh, they added Cedric Wilson at receiver, too. So a team oh, that's definitely that's trying to give, um, trying to put everything that Tua could possibly need to <laughs> succeed around him to evaluate him further, what do you think this does for that team? I'll just start uh, first with this one, Sean. I took the floor last time. Um, I think it's interesting because of that coach. Um, and if if he comes and tries to basically be Mike Shanahan, um, that's dangerous in the in the AFC. <laughs> you know, I, I know I mean it in a good way. Like, yeah. Like if if he can if he can take what they done with the mm-hmm. same model, Gasecki be Selleck and. He'll be Debo, and you know what I'm saying, and, yeah. and all that, all that stuff like that. Man, if 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 Tua can just be Garoppolo, basically, you want more. But if he can be something like that, they could they could be very interesting. When Buffalo's the only team that they really got to worry about in that division. And for me, the only thing it it truly does for me is make me say Miami needs a quarterback that can win now. Um, when you have these kind of players, um, you know, on both sides of the ball, Miami is, is pretty good. You know, they went on the stretch last year what, when they won eight or something like that, eight in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Something like that. Um, you know, and then you add, you know, all the pieces that you just named to open this up. Uh, you know, you got to win now. And I'm just not sold on to I'm not riding him off anything like that. I'm just saying at this present moment, I haven't seen anything that would make me say, okay, they got Tyreek Hill, they got all the rest of these guys, now they're favored. Uh, or I can see them uh, making it to the Super Bowl and, and all this and that. So I, I'm kind of still at the same point uh, as Miami. I still feel like they're a pretty good team. If they make the playoffs, it wouldn't surprise me. If they miss it by a game or two, it wouldn't surprise me. That winning streak that you just brought up, um about Miami last year. That's that's really huge because that that was Tua playing the best that we've seen so far during that stretch. Um and that was very promising. Um especially with the chemistry he started to build with Jalen Waddle. Um and once again playing behind an offensive line that we knew were bad. Mm-hmm. Um and speaking to Sean's point, um their coach, I I heard him on Levitar's show, they interviewed him when he first got there and he was saying, look man, <laughs> Um, they asked him, look, you had a there was they had a horrible O line there last year. Uh and his response was, Look, I've been with Kyle Shanahan for a long time now. Everywhere we went, we turned him into a number one rushing team. Mm-hmm. That's not gonna be any different here. Yeah. Um so I, I I think that Tua when he came back off an of injury last year, I think he showed us what we've been looking for thus far. And putting weapons around him uh, and giving him a second year with Gasecki and uh, with Jalen Waddle, uh, giving him a better run game, um, 
giving him better blocking more more importantly than anything else. I think that that's definitely going to transition to where they're fighting for a wild card spot in what's going to be a really tough AFC uh, mm-hmm. this year. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I agree with that. Um, so anything else around the NFL that y'all wanted to touch on? Those were the two biggest things that I could think of. Oh, the overtime rule change. Mm. Uh, <laughs> mm. The overtime rule change. I'm going to start with Shai just because I know. What did you feel about that? Um, I just, man, I, I just feel like people be crying too much, man. Like, you, you sudden death was the problem like oh it's so stupid that you can win in a kick uh, kick nobody else gets to touch the ball then it's nice oh the quarterback didn't because they drove down and scored a touchdown you could play defense yeah like I yeah. just I just you know like I, I'm, I'm tired of it and, and I hate and I hate when they be like oh well, we're just going to keep this in the regular season and this in the playoffs. Yeah. Stupid. All this is stupid. Just, just make a stop. You could have stopped them when they had 13 seconds left. You could have stopped them when they – you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just, I, I stop crying all the time, man. You had a ch- You had more than enough chances to win the game. I don't want to hear about no damn coin toss. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Rich. What you got? <laughs> Uh, I kind of look at it differently. Uh, you know, if, if something's not broken, why fix it? But um, it's the NFL, right? It's about money. It's about excitement. And if you ask me, does this bring more excitement to a playoff game? To me, the answer is yes. So, therefore, I'm with it. Um, I will be more than happy to see uh, each team get a chance with the ball uh, in, in an overtime game in the playoffs or whatever the case is. I'm for it. Um, and for me, it's it. I have no problem with the rule. T- to me, it's always the timing of it. It's so reactionary. Yeah. Um, just like how Sean brought up um, when they changed it when we beat Minnesota in the playoffs, and it was like, no, they can't. They can't be losing off of field goals anymore. That's that's wild. Brett Favre couldn't get the football again. Yeah. So let's make it to where it has to be a touchdown. Or the, it, it's so reactionary. If this was a rule that happened. Two years ago, after just something, the same thing with the pass interference. Oh, we're gonna challenge pass interference. So reactionary. People crying. Um, yeah, like let's not let's not do that. So I I have no issue with the rule. It's the timing of it for me. Um, but yeah, I I had a feeling you was gonna feel like that about it, Sean. That's funny. Um, so let's get to some Detroit Lions talk. It's been a very random. Big week for the Detroit Lions. <laughs> it's so random. Uh, first, they get announced that they're going to be featured on Hard Knocks this season. Um, and then you have um, them get an opportunity to host the draft in a couple of years in 2024. Um, let's start with the Hard Knocks. How do you, how do you feel about that? So let me just say, I, I heard from... The Locked On Lions guy, I don't, I don't know this to be factual, but that's this is what he said. Uh, these things were not mutually exclusive. Um, that that this is the NFL, like, giving them the draft because they did the hard knocks hard thing. Knocks. Yeah, so um, how do I feel about it? Hard knocks has always been one of those things where, like, I want to watch it because everything I've seen from it has been interesting. 
But am I going to watch it? Probably not. No, no, mm-hmm. no. So, so because now my team is on it and Detroit is, they don't get very much national exposure. Um, I'm, I'm actually really excited about it. And I had heard that it was a possibility um, a little while ago. Dan Campbell is interesting. Um, the coaching staff in general is interesting. Uh, it's a team that I feel like is headed in the right direction. Um, so I'm I'm happy about it. I will be locked into every episode. Like this is our time to shine. I um like I said, I'm a big fan of Hard Knocks. I watch Hard Knocks every year, no matter who's on it. Um, the only the only thing about it for me is as a fan of us, I wouldn't want my team on there. I would hate yeah. the New Orleans Saints to be on Hard Knocks. Like I don't. That's not what I want. I don't want that distraction being around the team and the players. Uh. I, I just don't want that for my team. I enjoy it for all other 29 teams. Y'all have it. Don't don't come to New Orleans. Um, but I I think that getting hard knocks and then getting to like you say, they I I also feel like look at that and saying, oh, that was kind of like a package deal. We putting you on hard knocks, so now we're gonna give you the draft too. But I also think that it's a feeling of the NFL feeling like Detroit is about to be on a come up. Um, I think that kind of signals the NFL's feeling of that um, because you don't see the NFL going to these teams who haven't been successful for much. You know, you just saw the Cowboys on Hard Knocks. You saw the Colts on Hard Knocks. Um, it's it's rare that you see them going to uh, Jacksonville for, you know, whatever reason. So I, I like it when I look at it that way. Uh, Reg, what you think about it? Uh, it's hard knocks. I mean, I'm I'm really not a fan of it to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, the only way I would probably watch it uh, is if the Saints was on it or some uh, or another team that I'm crazy about. Um, the Lions. I mean, no offense, Sean. They just doesn't. They don't interest me. Don't I, I would I would I would get nothing out of you know, watching it, like, you know, yeah. I, I watch it for, uh, you know, the clips that I see, you know, it'd be the rah-rah clips, the, you know, we're going to do this, this shit, we're going to, uh, uh, you know, or you got some young talent out there that's, that's killing, you know what I'm saying? You can't wait to see him on the field. I just don't know nobody like that for the Lions, you know, so, and my expectations for the Lions, you know, it'd be different. If it was a team like the Ravens or, you know, whoever, you know, uh, the Bengals trying to get back to what they done last year. Something like that is interesting to me because of expectations. And I feel like, I, you know, I have very little expectations for the Lions. If the Lions, you know, win five games, it, it wouldn't surprise me. No offense yeah. against Jones. Yeah, no, no, no. And that's the other side of it. Because I think best case scenario, they they get a wild card spot, the the seven seed. They ain't winning the Super Bowl, so uh, this ain't hurting nobody. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So like yeah. that, that's why I'm mad with it. And again, yeah. I didn't tell, I don't take offense because I ain't watching when the Cowboys on it. I wouldn't watch it if the Saints was on it. So I don't, yeah. I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. And and I'm just a person that's big on well for one football and for two on storylines. Once I get there, I'll I'll find a storyline that's going to interest me. Uh, and it's either going to stick or it's not. You know, last year, the Trayvon Diggs thing was real big going into uh, for Dallas Hard Knocks. A couple of years ago, with Baker Mayfield being in Cleveland. So uh, sometimes you find storylines that stick. Sometimes it's, it's cool for the moment, and then it passes. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's move on to this year's draft for the Detroit Lions. Um, how many picks do y'all have in the first three rounds? 
Five. Five. Five picks in the first three rounds. You got three picks in the first, what, 33? 34? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. So let's let's Wait, talk about No, 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 no. Two in the first 34. Three. No, no, no. Yeah, you're three. right. Yeah. Two, two, 32, and 34. Yeah, yeah. So, no, because you, you got number two, and then you got number 32. 32. Yeah. 30. So let's let's focus on those two picks because just looking at the state of where y'all are right now, which of course last year uh, signaled uh, a rebuild again. Y'all 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 are used to these at this point. Uh, bringing in new coach, new management, um, and now uh, you put yourself in a position to where you were able to have these picks by trading away Matthew Stafford. Um, you you took back Jared Goff because once again you're looking at a young quarterback who, at his best, was part of a Super Bowl you know team, and at his worst looks like he has no idea what he's doing. So, um, but last year you had man you you definitely hit on Hawkinson in the you know in previous in the previous years, and it looks like now you hit on uh, St. Brown. Uh, DeAndre Swift, if he can stay healthy, that's somebody you definitely hit on. The offensive line has come together nicely over the years. So um, this this is a big year, being that you have these two first-rounders and, like you said, three or what, five picks in, in the first three rounds. Um, but let's start with those first two because they're going to be huge. Um, oh, okay. No, oh, you good. Go ahead. So uh, I've been saying since – uh, the season ended. Let's just go with that. I, I feel like it's been before that, but um, they're not picking a quarterback with their first pick. Um, I, Malik, Malik Willis and all of these quarterbacks that's game, it really didn't matter who the who it was going unless it was somebody that they that was that blew up like an Andrew Luck type of thing. Um, but we knew that that wasn't the case. Um, I knew from the beginning just because the way that they they structured his contract, also because he's their guy. You know what I'm saying? So so I feel like the excuse, what I told you was, the excuse was going to be, whether it's true or not, well, Jared Goff didn't have nobody to throw to. You know what I'm saying? Like, they didn't have a whole lot of weapons. It was his first year in a new system, blah, 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 blah. So I feel like that was that's always been best available at number two, defensive player particularly. Um, so I thought there was a chance that he can get the, a quarterback in the late in the draft, but that seems to be building momentum toward, no, this particular year, we're going to do whatever we can to make it basically like a tour, a tour situation. We're going to draft a whole bunch of talent, put, you know, you got your offensive line, we got our running back, we're going to get wide receivers, you got your tight end, we're going to improve the defense. Now you got to play. You know what I'm saying? And and if he if he don't do anything this year, then you come back next year with the with the high draft pick in a good quarterback class, and even if you and even if you have to say the Lions win four games or whatever, and he's absolutely awful. Then you take that pick and pick your quarterback, but you still got another first round from the Rams. You know what I'm saying? So like I, that's why I feel like I love what they have done, Brad Holmes in particular. Just. No, we're not spending a whole bunch of money. We we got holes that we need to fill, but we're filling them with one-year deals. People who are going to come in and try to help the culture for one. But even if you're not what we're looking for, we can just be done with it. We're not tying a bunch of money to a Trey Flowers, who is a good guy in the locker room, but he's not producing. You know what I'm saying? So, like, so now we ain't putting $20 million 
on nobody. We're going to build this thing through the draft the way you're supposed to build your team. Um, and so I like it. I, I like the what they're doing. I, I feel like Thibodeau had always been who they were going to get, either Thibodeau or Hutchinson. Um, from what I'm hearing, Thibodeau ain't that type of player. Um, so it could be Kyle Hamilton at number two, uh, Walker from Georgia. Uh, but it's not going to be a quarterback. And I don't, I don't think they'll pick a quarterback at all until late in the draft, honestly, um, because the, they brung back all the quarterbacks that were in the quarterback from last year. Not saying that that's going to be the roster, the, the three quarterbacks on the roster, but um, you could get a De'Ara King in the third round or somebody like that. Um, but it's not going to be Willis. It's not going to be uh, your boy from Pittsburgh. It's 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 not going to be any Matt Carroll. None of them, they're not picking those dudes. It's they they putting talent around Jared Goff. He's he's the quarterback next year, whether you like it or not. So I know you're saying that that's what they're going to do based on you knowing your team. You see what direction they're trying to you know get to whatnot. You see how off season was addressed. You know, you spoke about them bringing back all the quarterbacks from last year. But is that what you want to do as a Lions fan? Or do you think there is a quarterback worthy of that number two selection this year? I, I, I like Malik Willis. Um, I would have liked to get him in later on in the round, but I don't like him at two. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, and I, I don't I don't love Jared Goff. I don't think he can play, honestly. I, I don't think he's very good. Um, I, I hope I'm wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I hope he, because he's still only, what, 26, 27 years old? Like, and that's like what I was saying when they got him. Best case scenario, he reminds you why he was the number one overall pick. You know what I'm saying? But worst worst case scenario, we get a quarterback next year. If he if he's bad this year, we get one next year. That's fine. Um, but but like I said, I'm, I'm optimistic just because we saw what he was able to do with a Cooper Cup and and Robert Woods and all right. of them weapons around him. If we can put all of because you got to help him. Everybody not going to be Mahomes wife. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? Like it just, Once in a lifetime. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Even So he was the number one overall pick. But can we get him close to a Derek Carr, uh, a Matthew Stout, a Dak Prescott? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Somebody where yeah. you ain't got to be replaced in that position every year. Them generational talents, bro, like – yeah, those dudes, you would love to have somebody like that, but everybody can't have that. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. Hey, folks talk about it like it's so easy, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, And we we'll always refer back to the Mitchell Trubisky draft, you know, and everybody look at how he was drafted over, you know, Mahomes and Martin, I believe, and whoever else. It's just like, bro, like, hey, <laughs> if they can see in the future, trust me, they would have never did that. But those right. type of quarterbacks only come by once they were blue moon. All right, so we know that y'all have the, the number two and the third year pick. So I just want to hear from you as a true Lions fan. You know all the needs that you guys have and the holes you have to address. Where would you like to see those uh, two picks in the first round uh, put at? I want to see them. Honestly, the Kyle Hamilton thing has, has gained some momentum. I like mm -hmm. it because people say he might be the best player in this draft. We do need a safety. Two is high for a safety. I yeah. was about, okay, all right, yes. okay. But but if he ends up being an elite safety and you needed a safety and it's a good pass rushing draft, you can get a pass rusher at 32. You can get a wide receiver at 34. If he is the best safety and one of the best players, you might as well pick him. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
And and because it feels like we got to get out of the the traditional thinking too. Seriously, <laughs> because and as something feels weird to do until somebody does it. Because a quarterback going number two can be a bust. Definitely. So so what's the what's the difference if this dude if the safety ends up being a bust, then whatever. I mean, but he looked like the best player, just like a quarterback yeah. looked like the best quarterback. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I don't think it's a big deal for them to get Hamilton at two and then a pass rusher at 32 and then a wide receiver at 34. I, I like that. I think the reason why folks lean toward the traditional way of drafting is because of the risk reward. So if I do take this quarterback, and although he may not be the best quarterback in the draft, maybe he's not, maybe he's the third best quarterback, but he's still very good. Yeah. He's going to be a part of our organization for the next 10 years versus a safety not panning out and that safety being the third, the fifth safety select, you know, uh, you know, for his potential wise, uh, yeah. you know, he can be gone within the three to four year window versus that quarterback. So I really think that's why folks tend to take quarterbacks high is because they're going to be the face to, you know, face the franchise if it does work out. Oh, so um, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I agree that the, the quarterback thing is you got to get that right. But mm-hmm. um, if this dude ends up being somebody that can quarterback your defense, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I feel like that's, that's a good pick. Got you. So, all right. So you talked about that number two pick, uh, just basically getting the best play available uh, based on Detroit needs is kind of what I'm getting from you. Uh, so where would you like the, the 30th pick to go? Uh, like I said, uh, pass rush if they don't pick one at the top, uh, mm-hmm. linebacker, anything on defense or wide receiver. What they don't need is a quarterback because um, – well, I'll talk about that in a second. But running back, anything on the offensive line, none of that stuff they need. I, I feel like – Another wide receiver, based on who's on the board at that particular time, um, you still need a linebacker, even though they signed a bunch of linebackers. Uh, But safety, pass rusher, or wide receiver, those are the top three that I feel like, however they end up doing it with those three picks, one with two, 32, and 34, as long as it's wide receiver, safety, Pass Russia, I'm fine with it. Cool, cool. Well, that should be easy to do in this draft. So uh, it's not like you just want to get some holes filled and you don't want to jump the gun in this draft. You would like to be more conservative and take the more for sure player at that uh, appropriate pick. Mm-hmm. Cool. I, I like the I like the way they're doing it, bro. Just build through the draft. Yeah, can't go wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you showing uh, for your time today, man. We definitely appreciate you, you know, stopping by and. And dropping some of that Detroit knowledge on us. Uh, last year, I had you guys been the worst team in football. This year, I don't see it that way. <laughs> I don't, man. I just think until you, get the, until you get that quarterback, man, you know what I'm saying? Like, you spoke about it. And I honestly see this as his last year in Detroit. Come hell or hot water. Uh, yeah. I don't think he can play uh, or his numbers will project him to, to be someone you can invest the rest of your future in year after year. Um but high hopes, man. I'm I'm more concerned about the DeAndre Swift. I know Sid likes him more than than what I do. What, what's your? Let me get your opinion on that before we before we leave, man. Uh, how do you feel about him as a player? I like Swift. I, I think Swift's got a lot of potential. I think last year he he did battle some injuries, but that's another one of those situations where quietly 
it's like, man, look, we ain't going nowhere this year. You ain't gotta, you ain't gotta push that hard. Um, you part of the future. You know, I like the idea of you coming out here trying to rehab and get back on the field, but shut it down. We ain't, we ain't going nowhere. So I'm not, I'm not as concerned about him injury wise as Sydney is. I don't think, I don't think he's as hurt as he was missing games last year. Um, I, I like him, um, but you obviously need somebody with him. He not a, he not every down. Like he not a Camaro or a, a McCaffrey type person yeah. out the backfield. But um, he's a good player. I, I like him. I know they had some reports coming out of Detroit saying coaches were kind of frustrated with him. Um, like I guess basically being too weak, not fighting for extra yards, things of that nature. And uh, I remember Jamal Williams when he first got in the league. He was he was supposed to be a dog. He was supposed to be a beast. Things didn't work out. Him and uh, Aaron Jones was brought there around the same time. Uh, and Aaron Jones obviously became the best running back for Green Bay. And when, when Williams was brought to Detroit, I thought he would be a perfect punch for uh, Swift. But uh, it hasn't taken off yet. So do you see that tandem working out? Or do you yeah, think like, another running back happens No, I, I like Jamal Williams. And they, okay. they've been able to find some good un, undrafted free agents at running back, too. Um so, but no, I like I like J- uh, Jamal Williams. He fits the culture too. That's another thing. Um, a lot of people around the team seem to like him a lot, um, and he's the perfect change of pace from Swift. So I like them two together. Like I said, I don't. I'm not concerned about running back, offensive line, tight end. Um, I'm not concerned about any of those positions. Gotcha, gotcha. It's funny you say that about him being great in the locker room. Uh, a lot of his former teammates from the Packers. Uh, say the same thing. He's great in the locker room type of guy. Yeah. But, okay, I appreciate that, man. Once again, I uh, appreciate you dropping by, uh, giving us the insight, um, spending some time with us, man. We know it won't be your last. Um, but uh, I think we cleared up everything, touched on all Saints-related things. Definitely uh, got our Saints fans and, and listeners some uh, insight from the Lions. And uh, we'll definitely be back next week. Hopefully you can join us again. Uh, until then, everybody be good, man. Stay safe. Appreciate you, Sean. All right. All right. I'm in the league. You boys not in my league. No. If you listen close, I'm coaching. Take keys to the boy. Hella dope without pushing a Blanco. Still stabbing bitches like 94 in the Bronco. If it's about the money, I'm leaving them hoes pronto. If I don't do nothing, I'm about Lonzo. Every time I do it, do it the coldest. 